Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. And I want to open up with a question. What is truth? This was asked by Pontius Pilate. It was also asked by the serpent in a different way, no? Many times in today's cultures, we hear over and over that uh, truth is, is relative. And by this definition, truth, therefore, is only what is considered into what your perspective is, what you're relating it to. It's determined by your own perspective. Many would say that there is no absolute truth. And even that in itself is a faulty saying, is it not? An absolute is not just the name of a vodka, if you're familiar, but it is something that is universally true. What was the, the first lie that came out of the serpent's mouth? Did God really say? Right? Even this past Wednesday, I thought that the... Uh, the speaker had said that Jesus is now only the gardener. He can only sow the seed, on which I was corrected, and rightfully so, that the speaker said that, that death is now only the gardener. It was not what I thought my truth. I thought it to be true. I was sincere. It was my own perspective? How, how can you say that what I thought was wrong, right? Maybe this is just your interpretation. If I want to associate or identify as 67, can I get Social Security benefits? This is a, a question that should be for leaders in government that say that we can just identify as whatever we want. Either people are born male or female, and to question gender and sex is following what the serpent's first lie was, right? If you're unaware or if you've been kind of living under a rock, the, uh, the world defines quote-unquote Gender as the socially constructed roles or behavior and expression and identities of girls, women, boys, men, and gender and diverse people. Did God really say? Does God create only two genders? Because he created male and female, right? He, that's all he created, not, not plus or minus or Q or non-binary. 
Church, we're, we're in a fight. We're in a fight for truth. And it's nothing new because it's been a fight since the beginning of time. And so today's truth is that God's word is immovable. God's word is true. And Peter, Peter is going to have a challenge. He knows that the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy and to spread falsehood after he dies. Because we know that Satan is the father of lies. It's his native tongue, we're told. And so Peter knows he's up for a challenge. You know, yesterday I was at the shop and I had someone come in with a t-shirt and it had a verse on it. It said, he shall cover you with feathers, coming from Psalm 91.4. And I thought, wow, that, that's, that's kind of Interesting. I wonder what kind of feathers are they? Are they goose? Are they chicken? Are they are they peacock feathers? And and then I looked it up, and it says with his feathers, his faithfulness will be your shield, and under his wings will you take refuge. And there's a huge difference if you take just one word out. If you take his out of that verse has a different meaning, does it not? And we preach and we teach expository as much as we can. And so this allows us to uh, have the words speak and interpret themselves as they kind of build upon one another. And today I've been given the task of proclaiming to you God's word out of Second Peter Chapter 1, verses 12 and 15, how they, how they relate to one another and how they relate to what we've covered over the last two weeks. So we're actually going to reread the first verses 1 through 12. And my prayer is that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will give us illumination. But before we do, let's pray and let's ask for God's guidance. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, maker of heaven and earth, Lord, I ask that as we study your word, that it would be quick and that it would be active. Lord, I ask that you would protect us from air. For Father, I am a man of unclean lips I am a sinner. And this, this time, this hour that we have is not enough to see the greatness that you have preserved for us from your word. Lord, establish us in truth, for your word is true. Help me to preach what you would have me to say. And help us to apply it to our lives. May we be changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So 2 Peter, chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first 15 verses. 
Simeon or Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word. Again, today our main focus is going to be on verses 12 through 15. But as we start to look at it, look at me with verse 10. It says, therefore, brethren, he is obviously talking to believers here, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. In whatever version I checked, I checked 24 versions. I am serious. I checked 24 different versions. They're all the same. They all say calling and election. Seriously. You can't just change words. They're, they all say calling, election, or choosing. For if you do these things... Remember that word, things, because we're going to cover it in just a minute. You will never stumble. Verse 11, for so in an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Well, well what things? The things back in verse 10. The things that help us to know that we're called and that we're elect. The things back up in verses 5 through 7 that we're giving all diligence to add to our faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. It's these things that Peter 
is going to talk about. Peter says, before I say goodbye, before I die, I need to remind you of something. And this is our first point in our outline. In verse 12, it says, remember. He says, before I go, before I die, you have to have good morals, right? Be good, kids, or Santa's not coming. No, that's not what, what Peter's saying. He's saying that we do need to be reminded about being fruitful for Christ, that we should add to our faith so that we can see evidence of a changed heart. That's why we baptize by immersion. It's an outward sign of an inward change, right? We're not saved by baptism. We should be baptized because we're saved. Peter says, I'm not going to be negligent in telling you to remind you even if you already know it. Now, I'm just going to be real here. Sometimes I need to be reminded of things. I'm so thankful for phones. There's something on there that's an app for a calendar that you can, you can put things that you can be reminded of even for different intervals. I remember when I was little, in first or second grade, I was supposed to have a, a permission slip or something. I, I can't remember. Um, it's supposed to be signed by my parents and brought back to school. And I had forgotten a few days to bring it. And the teacher said, okay, before you leave school at the end of the day, I want you to take a piece of string. And he gave me the piece of string. And he, he said, tie it around your finger. And so when you wake up the next morning, you'll see the piece of string on your finger and you'll remember and you'll bring it to school. Did it work? I don't remember. Yes, yes, it, it, it did. It did. And I was, I was very thankful uh, that I was able to actually go on this, uh, this trip and have this permission slip filled out. But as adults, as adults, we need to be reminded of such things, do we not? That's why we wear wedding rings, to remind ourselves that we're committed to covenant relationships with each other. It's not just convenience or a contract. It's covenantial, committed relationships that work. God's plan for sexual union is for a man and a woman and the bonds of marriage and anything else is sin. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Because the world says, love the one you're with, or love is love. My favorite, God is love. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to choose which laws we can obey. God's law is God's law. We're to know what God's law is and we're to be established in it because it is true. And God's word is absolute. Charles Spurgeon says that we're not to merely preach new truths of God that people do not know, but we are also to preach the old truths with which they are familiar. 
The doctrines in which they are well established are still to be proclaimed to them. Every wise preacher brings forth from the treasury of truth things both new and old. New that the hearers may learn more than they knew before, and old that they may know and practice better what they already know in part. We need to have truth constantly sown in our hearts and watered by the Holy Spirit that it may grow and bring forth truth. We're to be reminded of the truth because there's so many falsehoods that are out there. John MacArthur goes on to say that truth needs reputation because believers forget so easily. We need repetition because believers forget so easily. Church, we need to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because the world is full of lies and we need to be reminded of things. Paul would go on to say this in 2 Thessalonians, a, a great book that is often neglected in churches that needs to be highly examined, just a, a three-chapter book that needs to be studied for end times eschatology. 2 Thessalonians 2.5, Paul goes on to say, Do you not remember these things when I was with you? I used to tell you them about these. We're to be reminded of things because too easily we forget the things we ought to remember. And we remember the things that we're supposed to forget. We're supposed to forget our old sins. We're supposed to forget our spouse's faults. We're supposed to forget a mean, grumpy employer. <laughs> None of us are perfect. We would do well to be quick to forgive instead of holding it over someone else. We need to be reminded of these things. Secondly, Peter goes on to say in verse 13, he says, it's right for me. He says, it's right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. He's going to say it again in chapter 3. It's right for Peter to say these things. Why? Why is it right for him? Because he was a servant and he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. We covered this back in verse 1. He had authority that was given to him from Christ and it was acknowledged by others that he was a pillar of the early church. Not, not just a, not a pope, but as a leader, as a servant leader. We see in Galatians 2.9, it says that James, speaking of the Lord's brother, Peter and John gave me, Paul and Barnabas, the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. He was, it was not a pope, but a group of elders and pastors leading the church. It's right for leaders to remind us to do good. What's the biblical form of government? According to Romans 13, it's to promote good and to punish evil. And how far we've fallen from that. 
but it's right for the duty of pastors and teachers to remind us of the truth. The Bible says the truth will set us free. The truth that God's word is true and that there is absolute authority in it. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? It's right for Peter to stir us, to remind us what is right. Because he says back in verse 9, he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. He's forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Man, hold on. Ouch, Peter. That's not really seeker-sensitive. That's, uh, that's a little rough, isn't it? Church, I'm telling you, the Bible demands diligence. Am I perfect? No, not even close. Is God working on me? I sure hope so. It's good for us to know that we need to examine ourselves whether or not we are in the faith. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13.5, to examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust you will know that we are not disqualified. Well, what does this mean? Well, literally it means not approved. Here it's referring to the absence of genuine faith. It's right to have a genuine assessment of our spiritual lives. It's right for pastors to call out sin. It's also right for you to keep us accountable as well. It goes both ways. Peter's saying that as long as I'm in this tent, as long as I'm in this body, it's right for me to stir you up and to remind you because I'm going to die soon because Jesus told me this. We see this back in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Jesus told Peter to feed and attend Christ's flock and that when Peter will get older, he's going to stretch out his hands and another will dress and carry you where he does not wish. And Jesus spoke this to signify by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And some commentators go on to say that the, the fact that Peter knew that he would die negates the truth for an imminent return of Christ. Because some things had to have taken place before Jesus comes back. Now you're going to have to make up your own mind on that. But Peter knew that he would not be alive when the Lord returned. He was given special revelation. This brings me to my third point, which not only are we to remember, not only was it right, but thirdly, we're to recall. And we see this in verse 15. Peter again goes on. He says he wants to make every effort in verse 15 to be careful to ensure that we always can be reminded of these things. This is why Peter writes this letter. So it's not just 
audible tradition. We have something solid to go back to. Peter knows that in verse 15, he's going to die. He wants us to recall the things that he, through the Lord, has taught us. Charles Stanley says that the best way to recognize, recognize counterfeit doctrine is to become thoroughly familiar with the truth. Someone whose mind has been trained to know and love the truth will not easily be led astray by false teaching. We're to make every effort to call out falsehood and to recall the truth. Bring this to a close, we're also to repent. The whole purpose of this book is to expose false teachers and to remind us that Christ is coming back. The word says he's, at the, he's standing at the door and he's knocking. This morning, we, and on Wednesday, we talked about in Romans that the things that trouble us, the things that we're going through right now, they might be huge, but they're nothing compared to what Jesus is going to do and to accomplish when he returns. Because he's going to set all things new. And we will receive grace upon grace. We will receive forgiveness and reconciliation and restored fellowship with the one who made us. But there's a caveat. We must ask for it. It is a gift that is freely offered. God asked that we were to admit that what we've done is against what he wants. We're to agree with God that we have sinned and to ask for forgiveness and to apply Christ's righteousness to our account. We're to continually examine ourselves. Paul tells us to do this before we take communion. We're to make sure that we don't take communion in an unworthy manner. We're to examine our motives, our actions, and our hearts to make sure that we're not bringing condemnation on ourselves. The Holy Spirit works in us as believers to bring us to repentance, and we need to constantly remind ourselves that we are in need of God's grace. We need grace upon grace. So church, I ask, have you examined your own life recently? Have you tested your own actions and thoughts? Maybe you struggle with a constant sin, confess it, and ask for his help and strength. We have one rule of perfection, and that is Christ. And we have all fallen short. But we are to discipline our bodies and our minds. For no one can escape God's judgment. But the word says if we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.